Hello and welcome to this special PodPod bonus series, How to Win a British Podcast Award. I'm Adam Shepard, editor of PodPod, and over the course of this series, we'll be deep diving into how the awards work, what the judges are looking for, and crucially, how to make your podcast stand out from the crowd and bag yourself one of these coveted gongs. In this episode, we'll be looking at the most essential part of winning a BPA, the entry itself. We'll explore what you need to submit, the do's and don'ts of putting it together, and some of the subtle details that will help bring across why your podcast deserves to take home the gold. And who better to join me for that conversation than the co-founders of the British Podcast Awards, Matt Deegan and Matt Hill. Hello. Hello. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday indeed. Thank you very much for joining us. I thought I'd try and date the podcast really quick. (laughs) Top form, as always. You're welcome. (laughs) So to start off with then... I was wondering if you could give me a bit of background on the BPAs. Why did you start them in the first place? What was the goal of the awards initially? I think it came really from a conversation about podcast discovery, really, Mm. which is, you know, it was very hard to get your podcast noticed. As it remains to this day, Indeed, and I think the awards are really our way of going, well, actually, you know, algorithms are all well and good and they are getting better at recommending the right podcast for the right people. But actually, why don't we just try and shove a whole bunch of ears on the best work of the year and see if they might make a very good value judgment on what was actually quite good. And then people can write about it and shout about it. And people who don't have any podcasts on their phones so far could find their next favourite podcast. And also you've got to remember it was probably 2017 when we started looking at it. There wasn't kind of the rise of the huge networks at that point. It was kind of a mixture of independent podcasters and maybe publishers starting to, to, to get into the field. So there wasn't really anything that brought together the sector. And you could argue, actually, even now, there's there's very little that brings together a very broad and diverse sector. But we wanted the awards to be able to represent everybody and judge everybody in the same way uh, and provide an opportunity for those shows to, as Matt says, to be discovered. And also, like, just good stories. You know, I think we said very early on, you know, it, it's, it's good if in a few categories there are some giant colours, you know, the, the kind mm. of the spirit of the FA Cup kind of is, <laughs> is present in there that, you know, that you can be uh, making a drama in your bedroom and it could somehow topple the, the best that the BBC has to offer. It's kind of just as fun as the BBC taking on the commercial sector. It's something they do really well. And it's just like all the surprises of where the shows start and where they end up is part of the awards, I think. Mm. And also to have a nice party as well. That's That's always appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like podcasting in particular is kind of can be quite isolating for the people that make podcasts. So it is nice to get the industry together and kind of to an extent pat ourselves on the back and just, you know, reward ourselves for a, a year's worth of hard work. Yeah, absolutely. But saying that, those entries do not write themselves. Just because you have a good podcast doesn't mean you have a great entry just ready to go. Yes. And speaking of which, the entries themselves, what are they? What do you need to submit as part of an entry to the British Podcast Awards? Well, um, we do ask you to do a bit of work. So it is a compilation of the best work you've done in the year. And we ask that that compilation is made up of between, in most categories, three to five clips. And those clips should be from 
at least three different episodes. And the reason we do that and why it's one extra thing to think about uh, those three different episodes is because we want to know that you are making not just one great show a year, that you are consistently making some really interesting content. Mm -hmm. So doing it over a, a few episodes is a way of indicating that your compilation is beyond just one brilliant standout episode. And also I'd suggest that those five clips uh, demonstrate the different things that you do. Mm. Sometimes people say, oh, why, why wasn't I nominated for, say, an interview podcast? And it's five clips of a question and some solid answers from uh, some interviewees. But you haven't really demonstrated that much about the podcast, about the structure, about what's different about your podcast, mm. about why it's not just good, why it's great and why it should win an award. That's an interesting question, actually. How do you decide which elements of your podcast to include like for interview podcasts in particular let's say as an example is it better to focus on what the guests say because really that's what listeners in a lot of cases are are there to to hear but is that kind of neglecting the the kind of value that the hosts bring to it how does that balance work so i i think with that example it's you know, how does the host ask a question in the right way that elicits a great response? Mm. So especially something where you might have heard that sort of answer before. I don't think that's like super great. But also, like, does the podcast have a specific format? Does it have a way of dealing with it? Does it have features of a quick fire section? Does it have a background, emotional deep dive? Whatever the thing is, what's special about your interview show mm. and how can you you work to demonstrate that? And also, just remember that the judges listening are actual bona fide podcast listeners. They love mm. podcasts and they want great audio to listen to. So treat them as you would your audience. Give them a good time in your 15 minutes. Mm. Don't be so bitty in the size of the, the clips you choose. Make sure you kind of linger a little bit so people feel like they want to hear more of your show. I mean, a lot of the judges feedback to us that, you know, once they've heard the entries, regardless of whether it makes their nominee list, they will go and subscribe to those shows because they really love them and they want to hear more. Mm. So think of it really as a show reel and, and also, crucially, a show reel that you can present to your audience at some point as a yeah. highlights package of the great stuff you've done this year. Yes, yeah. the content's great for a filler week if you're off or for Christmas. <laughs> Or, or something like that. That's really you lose your voice. Everyone loves a clip show. The, the, the other thing that I always suggest, is, we've got a bit of time before the, the entries close. Ask your audience, you know, mm. what, what do you remember from this year that was really good? And I think lots of shows have done that and, and have been suggesting things that they had forgotten themselves or that they hadn't regarded as something that was really great. Uh, so, yeah, use your audience to, to try and pick some of your clips too. Mm. How long are the entries? What's the maximum? And what should entrants be aiming for? So most categories, it's 15 minutes, and we feel you should be able to get across the kind of the best work that you've done in that time. So that's three minutes per clip if you're submitting five clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you really pull that, but, but maybe very quick maths. But, you know, to double your maths there, five minutes per clip if it's three clips, right? Oh. And that, that may be the way to go. Or even just doing a nice long seven-minute chunk at the beginning oh, wow. to really get into something and then some shorter clips. You know, think about like the rhythm of your entry to make sure that people really get sucked into it and want to listen to more. Mm. That's really important. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like putting together an old-school mixtape, right? You have to think about how one clip transitions into a next, into the next and kind of what, the how they complement each other in terms of the mood and the tone, right? 
And also, it's a story. You know, what story are you communicating to the judges? And not only in the audio, but in the text that accompanies it, you've got between 250 and 500 words, I think, to fill in. And you've got to assume that the judges have never heard of your show, don't know the history. Uh, and also because of that, sometimes people get a bit caught up in like in-jokes of shows. Mm. And, you know, shows do develop in-jokes, but you're demonstrating your podcast someone who has probably never heard it before. Yeah. The judges uh, don't care about your in-jokes. No, and, um, and maybe your listeners don't either. But hey, that's just me. Um, and one of the things that I sort of say to try and get around that is play your entry to a disinterested observer. Ooh. I always suggest your mum. I love Because that. your mum is supportive but doesn't really understand what you're doing. Can <laughs> she understand your entry? Mm. Uh, and does she, does she get something out of it? Or yeah. a similar mum type figure? Because yeah. uh, they can kind of cut through and go, well, I don't understand that. And what happened there? Because if you're a producer, you're often quite close to it. Yeah. I did mention some exceptions. So there's a, a longer 30 minutes for best fiction entries. Mm. Uh, and that's purely because, you know, in, we, the feedback we had from judges was they wanted to hear more um, in order to really get a handle on the story progression. Yeah. Uh, and the same with best interview as well, that you can actually have uh, one clip of a show. It, it, you don't have to have three in an episode if, if for your best interview category because we want you to be able to showcase your very best interview from the year yeah particularly with interview podcasts that are really in depth and kind of really dig into a subject or a kind of guest's backstory in a lot of cases you will need a bit more time to sort of flash that out there's also three special categories as part of the Editor's Choice Awards. This is looking at the Specialist Award, the Spotlight Award and Podcast Champion. Now, Specialist and Spotlight are about smaller podcasts or larger podcasts. So has a specialist podcast done something really good for their sector? Do they really represent their sector and their audience? And the Spotlight Award are for larger shows that have brought new listeners to podcasts. And what we do is we take all of the entries for the other categories and there's like a, a second bit of judging where we think, would they fit in that specialist or, or Spotlight Award? So there's kind of two bites of the cherry uh, when you enter a normal genre category. So have a think about when you enter, there will be in the entry system an opt-in and you basically can opt-in for the specialist award or you can opt-in for the spotlight and then you will be in the running for those awards as well. So it's free to enter when you enter any normal category. And just one thing on, on the entry system. So the entry system has changed this year. It's on a, on a slightly different platform. So if you're used to entering the BPAs before and maybe you'd leave it to the last minute, I would maybe suggest <laughs> you log in a good few days before, familiarise yourself with the system so that it won't be such a rush if perhaps you leave it a little bit too late. Uh, and the thing about time and like we, we're all, everyone leaves it to the last minute. Mm. Uh, when I looked at entries last year, you know, over half of the entries came in on the last day. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. There's, you can, you can win whether you no enter the, my anxiety. Uh, in the last minute or you can enter before. But what I would say is actually, if you can finish your entries a good few days before, it means that you can have a think about them. Mm. And when you're on the tube or on the bus or in the car or, or you're at work and something kind of pops into your head, you've still got time to make a change, uh, add something in. I know I'm saying something which no one will follow, but like, <laughs> please, you know, you will have a, I think you'll probably have a better chance if you don't leave it to the last minute mm. and you've got some time to really kind of 
think not only put your entry together but to but let then, it percolate yeah and have a, and have a kind of think afterwards yeah the last thing you want is to hit submit and then you know two and a half hours later go oh my god i never mentioned x yes so we've looked at what you should include is there anything that you shouldn't include in the audio entries we don't really need your theme music unless it really does state the case of your show you don't really need to put your introduction or adverts or anything like that in those can all go Generally, you know, we know what we're listening to and there is a track listing provided. So you don't need to do an extended cue unless you're trying to demonstrate something in particular, like, for example, the scripting that brought your audience into this interview or this feature or whatever. Start from the action. Yeah. Mm. So cut out all the admin stuff and get into the thing that you want the judges to hear. And what you've got to remember is you're not allowed to have any in-clip editing, Mm. uh, which means, so let's say your intro is two minutes and you're like, actually, the beginning and end's really good, but the middle bit, I go a bit waffly. Uh, You can't chop out the waffly bit and have that as one clip. Mm. Now, you could chop from either side and that becomes two clips. So there's no in-clip editing. That's really important. The other thing is we don't want any extra non-podcast audio. So we don't want you going, hi, I'm Matt. Thanks for listening to my entry for best podcast. Mm. Uh, What we try and do here at the Banana Podcast is feature (laughs) the greatest bananas of all time. And here's a great clip about that. We don't need any of that. We don't want any of that. We only want audio that's particularly, specifically from your podcast. And Matt, where can listeners subscribe to the Banana Podcast? (laughs) Wherever you get your podcasts, of course. (laughs) And wherever you get your bananas, presumably. So on that same subject then, in clip editing, not bananas, transitions. Should entrants be putting transitions and like kind of stings and beds and all of that kind of stuff in between their clips no all we ask for is a simple fade a simple pause and then into the next clip nice Mm. and hard we just want to be able to indicate that this is a new thing we're about to listen to new paragraph new clip that this is where we're going yeah what we don't want to hear is um, crossfades we don't need jingles in between we don't need those vo's Mm. we just want to hear what was heard by the audience at that time yes keep it simple and avoid the temptation to add a little bit of extra mustard in the edit and it is hard knowing when to fade things out and how long to fade out for i mean if you really need to hear what they're saying don't use that bit in the fade assume that everything in the fade is going mm. right that the listener it that the judge is not going to hear it properly yeah. and because they might be you know we encourage all our judges to listen to uh, entries on the move or mm. doing the things they do when they normally listen to podcasts yeah they're not going to be sitting on their sofa absorbing everything they're going to be listening to it like a normal listener would yeah. because it's actually the best way to absorb your podcast is how you've designed it, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, if nothing else, as soon as it starts fading out, people are just going to switch off and go, oh, well, that's that's done with. And we know that you know, podcasts are longer. You know, they have longer speech breaks than on a commercial radio station. And we know you've only got 15 minutes. So don't, you know, don't worry that like, oh, gosh, I've, I've faded out, you know, halfway through the bit. Mm. Like, give us the best bit of the bit. And then leave us wanting more. Mm. I mean, very much the end of your entry should be the thing that makes the judges want to go and subscribe. That's a really good point, actually. What do you... Finally, (laughs) only two thirds of the way through the podcast. Finally, (laughs) I did it. How do you feel about entries ending on a cliffhanger? I don't think it matters. I think the key thing is, does it stand out? So when I've judged audio awards, not necessarily BPAs, but other audio awards, and you think, God, I've got to get through so much audio. And even if you think 20 entries at 15 minutes a pop, it doesn't matter, like five hours I've got to find to listen to these things. And 
something when it stops you in your tracks, it then kind of goes on your list. I think there's lots of different ways uh, to to achieve that. I mean, I think if you're telling a story, you probably want to round off that story. Mm. Um, I think if it is like a true crime mystery podcast, maybe actually it's a lot of clips from the first and second episode that sets up what you're doing. Maybe that's what you've decided to do to kind of grab the judge's attention. And, you know, podcasters might have, you know, 50 episodes, you know, a year's worth. You know, there's lots to pick from. And you could go a number of ways. You could go serious, you could go funny, you could go whatever. But you've got to sort of pick a plan, you know, pick a story that you're going to tell in, in your entry and then find the best clips that do that and accompany that with the writing. So speaking of, we've covered the audio entry what about the text entry? Because all the audio submissions have to be accompanied by written entries. Yeah, you have a written entry and you also have a track listing. So the written entry is a great place to talk about how you made the production. All the back stuff that on the panel will be people who make podcasts, but it's not a bad thing to tell them exactly how you did it because they might not have thought of that way of doing it. So do talk about the process, how you researched, how you booked your guests, how you wrote it, all the machinations behind. Also, the impact that your show has. Remember those things like the the impact, the quality, and the freshness of your piece. The impact might be about demonstrating the impact it had on your community. So provide listener feedback, provide social posts. You know, if there was a bump in your listenership, when we ask for listener numbers, it's not because we're trying to find out what the, you know, the, who's the most popular show. It's for you to be able to demonstrate that you have had a noticeable impact mm. in your setting, like it, within your context, that you've really punched through in your area. Mm. And so that's the thing we're looking for, really, is to demonstrate those things. If you've been reviewed favourably by a critic, for example, please do throw it in. Uh, if you've won other awards, mention that as well. And talk about like the process, even like, you know, if you do like do really good aftercare of your um, guests, if you have a mm. philosophy you do that, that works through your show, talk about those things because that will really appeal to judges who really want to know that they're backing a winner. I'm a big fan of like aims and objectives. Like yes. saying, this is what we try and do in the podcast. And we have done that. I can demonstrate by these things like we've increased our audience by 50% and that could be like a thousand to fifteen hundred that's still a good increase and what did you do to do that and we improved the quality here and we changed the presenters there or we use social media you know what is that story often when you get down to the entries uh, and, and the judges are judging those those kind of final few sometimes there's sort of draws like we both like th these things you know what else can we mark them on and that's I think sometimes when the written work can help the other thing I'd say is don't forget the track listing. Track listing is another opportunity to get a couple of lines in about each clip. You give a time code, so you go like from minute 23 of my entry to four minutes 23 of my entry. This clip is where a scientist explained a thing. This was important because it was the first time it had ever happened. Like that's another little opportunity to squeeze in some, some information. So that my tip would be think about your track listing as a great opportunity as well as your, your main body of text too. And I think the other thing about the written entry is that it's a great opportunity for existing shows or long running shows to show what they did different this year. Mm. So judges are humans too. <laughs> they will have potentially heard of some of the longer running podcasts and therefore it's an opportunity to change their perception of what you do. Mm. Because ultimately what you will be doing when you're putting in your entry is showing why this is your best year. Mm. What have you done to challenge yourselves, to challenge your audience, to challenge the way you 
make the show to move it on and evolve the show from where you started. Mm. The written entry is a great time to to give that narrative that you're demonstrating in the audio. Where were you and where? how far have you come? Mm. Yeah, because no podcast is static and it's really about defining what your worldview is in relation to your podcast. Matt, I think your point about setting goals is really important mm. because success for every podcast is going to look different. So I think it's really important in your entry to define what success looks like for your podcast and then how you have achieved it this year. So one point I want to cover is about language and wording. Is it better for entries to be kind of really laser focused on brevity and conciseness in their entries? Or is it worth making an effort to integrate some more kind of evocative language that really tries to speak to judges on a kind of emotional level? I don't think it really matters. I think you could do either and it'd still be, be powerful. For me personally, when I've when I've entered things in the past and, and other awards, I try and squeeze in as much factual information as I can uh, or much more just information that, that I can in that piece. And that's a bit about reviewing sentences and chopping out words that I don't need and thinking, can I rephrase this in, 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 in a shorter way? Sometimes when I've read BPA text entries from, from some categories, I feel like, oh, you've sort of wasted your 250 words. Like you've told me three things, but maybe you could have told me five things. Mm. Back to this, we've talked this idea about storytelling quite a lot. What story are you telling in your entry for that, that text submission? Do some bullet points. I want to cover all these things and then work out a way to write it to, to, to cover those elements. Also, you, you could use bullet points as well as a way to get to the nub of it. But I think lots of different techniques, but you, the job is to try and make it stand out just like your, your audio stands out to the judges and, and tells a great story. And the best entries, in a way, define their own success and mm. the judges just buy into it. Mm. You know, you could look at any awards and say, well, they're inherently silly because, you know, objectively, there is no one great winner of anything. But really, when you look at the entries that have won, I think sometimes it, what happens is that they have a clear idea of what they wanted to achieve. They showed in their entry how they achieved it, whether it was like, you know, a current affairs show that managed to expose a, a miscarriage of justice or a well-being series that really provided hope to a community and demonstrated that through testimonials. Like whatever it is, if you can define that success and take the judges on that same journey with you, that's what will rise you up the the shortlist. So is there any other information beyond what we've covered already that entrants should look to include with their entries beyond the metrics and the track listings and the kind of arguments that they're making for their success? What added nuggets can they put in to really sell their entry? I mean, really, it's, it's, it's trying to bring together all those things. You know, there, there isn't a you know, magic bullet to, um, to, to win an award. And our winners uh, and nominees over the years are such a broad group of people. Like there, there, there is no like through line for like, hey, here's m what you must do to win an award. Shows that have won uh, have captured people's imagination or been delivered really well or have achieved something. You know, they're special. You know, to win an award, it needs to be special. You know, a lot of us make good podcasts, but this is about, you know, kind of greatness and it's about kind of being, being kind of top of that tree. And I think sort of everybody's got it in them. And even if you look back at your kind of body of work over the year, there is a story to tell. And I think 
trying to to find that story can often be the hardest thing, particularly uh, when you think about time. And that's why maybe asking your audience is a good way to to, to get some clips and, and get some inspiration. You know, spend your time uh, reviewing your material, working out your story, uh, and give yourself the time to enter it so it's not on just the last day. And treat your entry, your audio entry, like a podcast. Start with something explosive and interesting. Mm. Don't warm the audience up. This isn't like radio where you're not sure when people have joined in or whatever. Start with something. The context is clear and you just, you're off. Mm. Because you don't know, the judges might listen to your entry first and your written entry later. You need to give them everything you need to hook in straight away in that start of the entry. Mm. And then also just leave them wanting more. Yeah. So obviously they're not going to listen after the allotted time. So mm. whether it's the standard 15 minutes or the 30 minutes for some categories, you know, they're not going to listen past the minute 15 or 30. Mm. So make sure that it finishes and it finishes at a, at a point where you feel they're going to want to listen to more. Yeah. You don't know whether it's their third entry that they've listened to that day or their 30th. Absolutely. The other thing is, please read the rules and don't break the rules. Yes. Because if there's the easiest way to dump someone out of a category is they've broken the rules. Mm. Look at the dates that your audio has to be from. Look at how many clips, look at the lengths of those things. If you have a question, there is an email address on the British Podcast Awards website. They respond really quickly. If you're unsure what something means, send Sarah an email and uh, she will send you a, a note back. Mm. We've had people who've uploaded three episodes. It's like, we have not asked for three episodes. We have asked for three to five clips. So you're in the bin straight away. Yeah. Uh, and your judges, when it's difficult, need reasons to get rid of people. Yeah. Uh, and the easiest way to get rid of someone is that they are not following the rules. Yeah. Like we want everyone to succeed and to, you know, win an award, but that is just not possible. And we need to whittle the categories down somehow. Don't make yourself an easy target for that whittling. Absolutely. One question I'd like to throw out to you to wrap up this episode is why should people enter in the first place? Well, firstly, you might win. And <laughs> when you win, you get a load of free PR and publicity for your show, no matter how big or small it is, you could always do with more publicity and marketing. Mm. So we spend a lot of money on PR for the awards. <laughs> uh, a lot of your entry fees, a lot of the tickets go directly into just shouting about your podcasts. Mm. But you've got to be in it to win it. Yeah. So you've got to put in an entry. It's a lottery, really. You put your money down at the start, you enter the awards, and then everyone goes in a pot, and then a lot of people win, and those people get PR'd to death. Mm. So please do give it a go. You may end up famous. And also, I think what we find with the, the journalists that cover the awards, they don't just cover the winners. Mm. So um, specialist magazines, that be, might be gay special magazines or fitness specialist magazines, they want to look at all the nominees for a category. And we, mm. we often get coverage that, that covers five, ten uh, nominees for the awards. So that's a great way to reach out. I often see our silver and bronze winners or, or nominees use that when they're sending press releases out because they're doing a tour or they're doing something special. It's a great way to get local press wherever you are in the country. Everyone loves Brighton-based podcasters been nominated for an award. I mean, I've seen articles where they've just entered and got an article. So uh, really brazen stuff. So don't just use every opportunity. Obviously, shout about the fact you're going to be entering in your podcast. Mm. Obviously, there's also the Listener Choice Award, which is free to enter. And it's based on listener votes. That also is a great 
great way to kind of stoke up, get your um, fan base energized and promoting your show to others. Mm. So yeah, plenty of ways to get involved and plenty of ways to win. Yeah. And our, our winners uh, and often nominees are featured on Spotify and Apple podcasts. And we work closely with those guys to publish our winners too. And the other thing about it is putting together an entry does give you pause to to think about your show mm. and particularly if your show is say a, a, a three of you that are, that are working on it we all know that making podcasts is hard and you spend a lot of time about the next episode it's all about the next episode but actually having a pause and listening to loads a wave of, of dr dre yeah and having to listen to loads of material it's like oh god we're really good at this bit and like i couldn't find a great example of this maybe we should do that for the next episode again <laughs> i've got about dre so I think there is some value in even the process of doing it. Um, and also when you've got an awards entry, there's other awards uh, that you can, you can enter to in, in your genre, in, in other audio too. So you've got something to use. And you can also use that, as we said before, as a special episode uh, at Christmas or if you want a week off. It's going to be a useful thing for that too. <laughs> and finally, let's just have one last plug with the fact it is the biggest party in podcasting. Mm. You will have a fabulous time. Absolutely. And we look forward to seeing many of you there. Well, that's all for the first episode of this mini-series on how to win a British Podcast Award. My thanks to Matt Hill and Matt Deegan for joining me. In the next episode, we'll be talking to some of our judges from previous awards to find out what they look for when assessing entries. If you'd like to submit your own entry, you can download the entry kit for this year's awards from the British Podcast Awards website or you can find more information on all things podcasting at podpod.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.